What's up? It is uh, Sunday at six o'clock, which of course, as you know, means it is office hours with me, Kate Lumpkin. Um, I am just looking at my phone right now to try to make sure this video is going to go to my other page as well. Um, just going to do that. Share now. Ooh, I did the wrong thing. Share to a page is what I meant. <laughs> Um, so how have you all been? How's your week been? I hope everything has been great. Uh, that's done now. Um, it has been a very interesting week for me, uh, to say the least. Uh, but we're here and I am 100% ready to take your questions and to, um, jump right back in with the conversation that we always keep having, which is, what does it mean to be an artist? How can I be the most prepared artist possible? Uh, and uh, I'm here to take any of your questions. I always like to say, any advice that I give you over the next hour is of course only from my personal experience, from the offices that I've worked in and the office that I am attempting to create. Um, so if my advice to you doesn't resonate, then let it go. Cut it out, don't listen to me, change channel. If it is hitting home, then please continue to listen and uh, share the wealth and share the knowledge and be a more educated, uh, more awesome human being. Um, great, so now that that is done, uh, while I am waiting for some of your questions, I know it takes a little bit of time for me to get some of them, I always like to start our office hours session by just kind of talking about uh, something that has either happened to me or I've seen with a client this past week or something that I think is kind of pertinent to everyone. Um, first and foremost, I wanted to uh, let you guys know that I've started something new every Friday. I'm going to be doing my Friday Five, which is going to be something where I showcase five things that are either going to make your life easier as an artist in New York City or around the country, um, or is like a cool show or something that I think is innovative or exciting or useful. This is all free information to help you have a better uh, experience of a life in this industry. So if there's something that you know about that you think I should be featuring on my Friday Five, feel free to send me a message either on my professional page or my personal page and let me know because I'm always interested in learning more stuff too. Um, I know that I don't know everything uh, and that I am not tapped into every circle in this industry and I'm sure there's cool stuff going on that I don't know about. So feel free to send me a message with anything for my Friday Five, that would be awesome. Um, Okay, so clearly um, we're gonna just like deal with the elephant in the room. I am home from Vegas. Everything I am, I am a okay right now. I'm still going through some stuff because it's been uh, it's been a time. But what I will say in terms of being an artist uh, right now, it is such an incredibly important time to be telling stories about things that matter to you and to everyone else. So. You know, people are talking a lot right now about how the best way to get known and to be seen and to create a point of view and to create a, a space in this industry is to create your own work. And I think part of the reason why that is so true and so important is because now there is no barrier for entry. Everybody has a camera. Everybody can have a microphone. If you have a phone, you have something that you can create with. And we are at a place now where you are allowed to tell the stories that you want to tell and no one is going to give you permission and no one is going to tell you you can't. So it is a really, 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 really valuable and important time to be telling the stories that only you know and that only you can communicate. And bonus, it is the thing right now that is getting a lot of people noticed in this industry. If you have a clear and succinct point of view and voice and you're willing to put your 
you know, balls to the wall and just do it, um, you 100% are going to be more likely to continue to get work in this industry because now everyone is experiencing this world in a very uh, unique and heightened and interesting uh, experience of a life. Um, and your story is important. So please, if you're a writer, write. If you think you want to be a filmmaker, get your phone out and make a movie. You could get nominated for awards with a movie you made on your phone if you just do it. Just do it. Because you just never know what tomorrow is going to bring, man. You just really, really never know. So if you have a story inside, just tell it. Don't wait. Don't just wait for auditions to show up at your door. Meet people. Go out. Create art together. Create art by yourself. Whatever you need to do, do it. It is the thing that is going to get you seen. And it is the thing that is the most important to be doing and the most important to be making. So that is just my two cents. 10 cents, 20 cents, I don't know, it's almost cents. Um, looks like I'm getting some questions, so I am going to start answering them. Uh, let's see if that's a different thing. Great. Uh, oh, that's my voice, I hate that. All right, so Katie says, I'm so glad you're safe. Oh, me too, thank you, Katie, that's so generous. Can we talk about how the perception of women in musical theater, or can we talk about the perception of women in musical theater and how to challenge stereotypes while still being respectful and getting cast? Katie, that is a really, really, really great topic and question, and I guess what I need from you is a little more specificity, and then I'd love to have this conversation. Are you asking about the women who are creating musical theater, the women who are in musical theater, or the roles that are being written for women in musical theater? Because I think both conversations are very important, and actually there's some stuff that's crossover, but I can't really tell from your question if you want to... Um, to kind of talk about the perception of the women who are creating musical theater and how to challenge those stereotypes. Um, so write me back and tell me what specifically you want to talk about because I have so many opinions. I could talk about this for an, another hour, honey, a whole hour, and I can't wait to have this debate, debate, this debate, which is uh, an errant debate, debate, um, this, this conversation. Um, Elizabeth says, suggestions for a response to when someone says, playing a leading lady for you would be a stretch. You are strictly a character actress. My suggestion? Mm. My suggestion would be to say, fascinating, I'm the leading lady of my own life and I tend to be uh, booking that job daily. I, I have so many thoughts about that. I mean, here's, here's the, the truth. We work in an industry uh, that of course is ever changing, but we see a lot of similar threads throughout you know, the, the history of storytelling and the history of who gets to tell stories. Um, I think the notion of what a leading lady was uh, in the 1940s and 1950s is very different from um, what it is now, but we also see some similar things. However, there have always been exceptions to whatever societal rule has been in action um, since the dawn of time, and especially in our industry. There are people that I look at and I'm like, how the hell did that person get famous? because they were incredible and they were perseverant and they just kept doing the work. So I think if you're looking at someone who, um, A, has the kind of like audacity to say that to your face, I would check the circumstance and see like, is this person telling me this from a place of love uh, and help and encouragement? If so, how do I take this in and, and appreciate what the knowledge that person is giving me is? And how do I apply that? And then how do I say fuck it to whatever doesn't apply to me? Or, 
also taking a look at the circumstance and saying, like, is this person actually educated in, in what they're saying? Um, is it just someone who thinks they have a clue or do they actually do this work all the time? If they don't have a clue, I honor the, the feeling of sadness or the feeling of anger or whatever emotion you're going to get. But at the same time, uh, fuck them. <laughs> like if they're not actually working in this industry every day or if they don't have a job that um, enables them to kind of like curate that kind of a dialogue, then they can bite me. Um, the reality is we are seeing a shift in what a leading human being is. Um, I, I think, you know, there are certain things that will always be there. There are certain uh, ideas of what uh, a leading lady is or a leading gentleman uh because there will always be a generation um, who is older. At some point, I will be the older generation, right? We will all be the older generation, but there will always be a group of people who have experienced a life in a specific time um, who do not want to change. And there will always be a group of people who experience life at a different time who are totally on the ball and willing to change. Um, but we'll always have that kind of residual. But for you and for anybody who's watching, if someone says you are forever going to be a character actress and you're never going to be a leading actress, I challenge challenge you to take a beat and find a role, find a character, find someone who you feel like you absolutely could play, whatever that is, and look them in the eye and say, I appreciate your perspective, but when I'm playing XYZ, I hope you'll come see me in that show. <laughs> like, that's it, though. Like, that's all you can do. And then continue to find your people, continue to find your tribe, continue to hone your skills, and continue to put yourself out there, submit yourself, show up for these things, talk to your representation and say, you know, this is what I want. Please try to fight for me. Um, I don't guarantee it will happen. I don't guarantee change will happen overnight. But man, unless somebody is fighting for it from all sides of the industry, it's never going to change, right? So um, I think some of the best leading women uh, have done character work and vice versa, right? We're painting much more um, interesting characters all around now. You know, we had a time um, where women specifically were pretty one note about uh, what they were allowed to feel or do or say or sing on stage. And then we had kind of the like side friend character like rah, 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 who was like doing all of the other things. Who was like, I'm sexual and I'm weird and I nobody can love me except for this also sexual weird dude. Right. Like and now that barrier is being broken and people are writing complete, whole, interesting women. And guess what? Some of us are funny. Some of us are mean. Some of us are like hypersexual. Some of us are asexual. Some of us are like, I hate the word quirky because like everyone's quirky, but like some of us are offbeat. Some of us don't care about societal standards. And that doesn't mean we all have to be Ado Annie. Ah, okay. So that's how I feel about that. Um, I do think, you know, there are still tropes that people will try to fit people into boxes for. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at my job. I'm sure I put people in boxes, um, whether I like it or not in my brain, but I respect and would love for anyone to look at me and say, I am more than that. I am different than that. I have grown from that. I have changed from that. Give me a chance. And, uh, I'm willing to hear you out and hopefully willing to find a, a way to make it happen, you know? And I think I'm not alone in that boat. There are a lot of us in my position or in positions of like directorial power or artistic directorial power who are on the same page. So keep fighting the fight. And no matter what, keep being the leading person of your own damn life because ain't nobody artistic directing that shit but you. So 
there's that. Um, all right, so next question. Any advice on what to say to someone who needs to just be producer and not try to be the director and listening to the creative team? Um, I think that's really a, a tricky and specific question. Um, you know, the, the reality is uh, it just depends on what kind of production you're working on and what that producer's, you know, job really is. Uh, producer can mean a lot of things. It can, it can mean people in a room, not in a room. That, it's just a very, very, very specific question, but I will answer in kind of a general capacity. Um, if you feel like someone is overstepping their boundaries in terms of what their role is in the production of a, of a piece of art that you are trying to create, um, ignoring the problem and seething is never, ever, ever going to be the solution. Uh, I've seen this time and time again. I have a tendency to somehow end up being a middle person, and I think it's because my job kind of lives uh, in between the world of the business and the production and the pre-pro side, and then the artist and the actor. Right. Um, and also, I just tend to be a person that people want to talk to, which I feel very lucky to be. But lots of times it puts me in kind of an awkward middle position. Um, and the thing that I consistently see is people wanting to talk to everybody else about the problem, except for the person or the, the team that is actually the problem. Um, and that absolutely solves no problems. Uh, it makes everything worse and it makes everything kind of boil to a head until people are just fighting and art is no longer uh, it, what it needs to be. <laughs> uh, which is, you know, not to say that art can't come from a place of anger or aggression or seething, because uh, I think, of course, some of our greatest art has come from that place. But if you have the opportunity to communicate uh, with an issue, you absolutely should. And it's hard and it sucks. And sometimes people fly off the handle. Uh, but the reality is, if you want to get shit done, you have to talk about it. Period. Uh, and if the other person isn't coming to you to talk about it, then you have to be the bigger human and talk to people. Art is all about communication and uh, coming together with different people from different, you know, knowledge bases to create together. And if you aren't willing to have those difficult conversations, then your art is going to suffer. Period. The end. So I just encourage, you know, open dialogue, open conversation. And if you're going to have that conversation, you also have to be ready for someone to hit you with their own truths about you. It's not always going to be pretty. Believe me, I've had these conversations with people and you just sit there and I'm like shaking and I'm like, uh, you know, because it sucks when people don't like you. <laughs> it sucks when people don't like you. And that's, that's just real life though. So that's my kind of, uh, thing there. Um, and also, you know, we live in a time of ultimate hyphenators where people are writer, director, producers, where people are, you know, casting creative directors, where people are whatever they want to be. So these kind of strict rules that we put on people's jobs and, and stuff on teams uh, maybe don't apply anymore. So the other conversation is like, what do you want to be doing and what are you doing on this show? What are your rules and responsibilities? And so if you have that all kind of lined up, then at some point uh, you can say, excuse me, you've crossed a boundary. You know, um, so that's just something to think about. All right. I uh, got another question here. Hey, Jacob, I'm so glad you're here. Um, Jacob says, I tell my students at Shenandoah uh, that they are not strictly character actresses, but if they don't fit in the box of leading lady, it might be more difficult, but not impossible. They are the ones that have to change the idea of leading lady. What's on the post-its behind me? Um, 
First and foremost, Jacob, I totally agree with you. I think that's great information, and I hope that every BFA and BA in drama program around the country is telling that to people as well. We are seeing a complete uh, and not complete, but we are seeing a shift in what this industry wants to see. We want to see humans. We want to see interesting people. We, Not to say we don't want to see people that are, you know, what have always traditionally been as well, but but times are changing. So uh, what's on the post-its behind me? Uh, these post-its represent shows that I'm working on, uh, projects that I'm working on. So the pink it, up top are the shows and the projects, and then the purple are the to-dos underneath them. So I haven't updated them in a while, and I've taken clearly like two rows out, which means those shows are done and cast and ploop. Uh, but I like to organize everything by color and rows, and I'm super OCD about stuff. So that's part of my um, at-home office checking up on myself to make sure I'm doing my work. Um, great. Post-it, same curiosity and thinking look like Tetris. Oh, it does kind of look like Tetris. And I really like when it's getting shorter and shorter and shorter, um, like Tetris, because that means you're winning. <laughs> I'm not to say I'm winning at anything, but it is nice to know when I'm like getting my shit done for shows. Uh, that's always a blessing. Um, okay, I just got a big thing. Okay, cool. Thanks for the addition for clarity. Uh, you're totally talking about it right now and about how dynamic and diverse women are. So specifically right now in the non-union musical theater world, there's a lot of work in the classics. And lately I've been cast and or seen as the vixen or Marilyn Monroe type, which is so new. I want to work at this point in my career, so in a sense, I need to take these jobs and want them because I feel like we can bring these characters into the 21st century to be more interesting. But I feel like I'm sometimes disagreeing with people above me about how to make the character more dynamic, i.e. directors, producers, choreographers, etc. I guess I'm asking how to start these dialogues of, you're putting me in a box and I don't like it, but thank you for this job. Uh, hey yo, Katie, this is awesome and I'm so grateful for the clarity. Um, and I really love that today we're talking about like women in theater. I think that's pretty stellar and we've never had this conversation on office hours. So I'm jazzed. Um, you know, here's the thing. It really depends on who you're working with. Right. And you can sense that from the start. There are some people who, uh, I think are going to be stuck in their ways. And to be perfectly frank, everybody, including myself is stuck in their ways about certain things, right? Like I know, I, I hope to be someone who is like pushing boundaries and opening the dialogue and doing these things, but there are things in my brain and in my life that I am completely stuck in. So I am not trying to imply that anyone is scot-free when it comes to, uh, the realities of that. However, there are certain people you can tell are kind of stuck in, in their, their thought process, but then there are a lot of other people that you're going to sign up to work with who are going to be open. And the reality is, especially with women, we have been trained that if we state an idea and we say something and someone says no, then that means we are wrong, wrong, wrong. We shouldn't open our mouths again. This is not a dialogue. This is not whatever. Now that's just bullshit. It is bullshit. You are allowed to ask questions. You are allowed to create from within. If you have been given a job, they are hiring you to help, you know, clearly uh, live in the world and craft the world with the creative team that they're trying to make. But in no way, shape, or form are you not allowed to ask questions. And just because someone doesn't agree with you doesn't mean you should never ask another question. And I have struggled a lot with this reality, um, as we've talked about before, uh, for a very long time in my life, and even 
somewhat to this day, I'm, I'm still, I love to be a people pleaser and a fixer, and I like to have the puzzle pieces and to be able to solve it neatly, um, even if that means that I have to create a new puzzle. Uh, however, um, if you feel like you are being cast in roles that have been played a traditional way um, or are traditionally seen as a certain thing and you want to try to inject something into it, make bold choices, ask bold questions with the understanding that simply by asking the question, you are perpetuating change, right? That is the truth. Questions are the thing that perpetuate change almost even more than action because questions don't push something in your face. They give you an opportunity to reflect. And that in and of itself is the great game changer. That is the thing that causes great change is when we look at other people and ask them questions and give them the opportunity to reflect internally and say, I don't want to see that. Why don't I want to see that? Now, granted, that might not cause a change to occur, but you have in fact induced change in some way, shape or form. So, that's the first thing. I think for so long, men and women, both of us, but definitely women, have felt like they are not allowed to ask those questions. Just shut up and do the job. Be grateful that you're there. Now, shut up, do the job, be grateful that you're there, but also feel free to ask questions with the knowledge that someone might say no. Um, but just by asking the question, you're challenging someone to think bigger or to think differently or to engage with a different view of what that world could be. Um, and the way to cultivate that, you know, kind of relationship or that community is to just be someone who talks, be someone who just unabashedly asks questions until someone says, you're not allowed to ask questions. And then you reevaluate whether you want to be in that space and creating art with those people. Um, you have every opportunity to also say like, this is not my scene. These are not my people. Or to say, this job is so important, I need to do it. However, that then is on you and not on the creative team. Um, however, I've never worked with a creative team that wouldn't, like, listen to an actor's questions. I just haven't done that. And not to say it doesn't exist. I'm sure it does. And I'm sure there are a lot of you watching right now who are like, ah! But I have yet to experience that. Um, so... I hope that is helpful. I hope that is um, something that uh, uh, helps you in the future. Um, you know, there are also lots of other team members that you're working with. If you don't feel like your questions are being heard or if you feel like you're uncomfortable, I always, always, always encourage everybody, no matter who you are or what you're doing to find an ally on a team that you're working on that you feel safe asking questions to or, or discussing why you're not being heard. Um, there are people who want to listen to you, who want to take care of you, who want to make sure you are being heard by your union or by anybody else. So, you know, also if you feel like you are being, uh, not heard or discouraged or hurt by someone, you must reach out and you must talk to someone. Um, there is always someone to talk to. Uh, and if you're having trouble finding someone to talk to, send me a message and we'll find someone to talk to. Um, okay. So I hope that was helpful. Uh, women are bad asses and the idea of what women can do on stage and what they should look like is changing. So long story short with that one, fight the good fight, ask all the questions, submit yourself, convince yourself, show up, Teach students better. Tell them that they might have to fight harder, but they should fight because it is the only thing that cultivates change. And most importantly, just ask questions. Always ask questions because that is what gets people to reflect on themselves.
Yeah? All right. Uh, let's see if I have any other questions here. Um, I don't think I do. Oh, but I did have one. Um, oh, yes, they are. And yes, it is. Yay, Katie. Okay. Um, I did have a couple questions before we started, so I'm going to pull those up. Um... This says, I've been out of the acting audition game for a while, and I'm going to dive back in soon. Yay! Um, as I consider getting headshots done, what makes a good sh good sh headshot? So I was just about to say, good headshot. What is the industry standard these days? People ask me to look at their proofs all the time, and I don't know what qualities I should be looking for. Um, great. So... Here's the deal with headshots. Um, I've talked about this a lot before, and I 100% would love to talk about it right now. Um, when it comes to headshots, they do make a difference. I wish I could look at you and say, like, oh, no, just whatever. It's fine. It, shouldn't, it does make a difference. Here's the thing about a headshot, right? Um, it's not... It's not different from other industries. Every industry has something that you have to leave behind to make sure that people know you were there. If you're going to go in for an architecture job, you're going to leave your portfolio so someone can look at it. Um, if you, you know, if you work in pharmaceuticals and you're trying to convince someone to buy your drug, you're going to leave a product behind so that people will know what you're doing. So it's the same with headshots. You really do need to invest in them because it is the thing that now it's not even just you leave behind, but that's on your website is most likely on your Facebook because they Everyone puts their headshot as a profile picture. Um, it's on your, you know, all your web presence. You submit through it, through with it. Um, so it is really important, and it's a really important thing uh, for you to have and to feel confident about. Um, I will say right now I'm noticing a trend with headshots that I really, really, really like. Um, you should be able to use your headshots for film and TV and for theater. Uh, your, there's, there can be a pretty seamless um, nature to them now. Um, clearly, you know, I'm going to speak for my preference. Uh, I, there's no, like, industry, everybody likes this thing, because just like everyone who consumes art, which headshots are art at the end of the day, some people like some other things. Um, I always fancy a vertical headshot more than a horizontal headshot. Uh, not to say if you have a horizontal headshot, I'm not going to, like, see it. Um, but it's easier. It's easier for me to create stacks. It's easier at the end of the day when we're looking at things on a table to just have everything doop, 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 doop. Um, it's easier online, like just all the things. If you get, if you have a vertical shot that you love, that's usually going to be my preference. Um, clearly your name needs to be on the front of your shot. Um, and if you're going to do a little picture on the back of your resume, make sure it's, it's, uh, I, I was going to say make sure it's similar enough to something on the front. I know lots of people use the back of their uh, resume to show something, like, really different. Um, and sometimes I think that can be to your detriment, uh, only because we've, like, seen you in the room, so we know who you are at that point. Uh, and if I'm looking at your resume, I want to see this a similar thing to what's on the front. Uh, but maybe that's just me. Maybe other people have different opinions, but that's mine. Um, I also really, really like this, uh, like, in-studio aesthetic um, outside shots are beautiful and wonderful, but I'm really loving this kind of bright light, um, bright eyes, fresh, in-studio look, because that really can become something that you use for film and TV and for theater, musical theater right now. Um, you know, that, that ring light that makes your eyes pop, 
in studio, warm colors. Uh, they're kind of dark where your face pops. Those shots, I'm trying really hard not to say people's names right now because, um, you know, I'm not here to uh, promote specific people, though if you want to write me, I can tell you specific people who I think are doing really lovely work. Um, but that is kind of what is becoming the, the trend, the standard of what people are looking for. Um, and there are some people doing really beautiful and really affordable work. The number one thing though that is important with a headshot, I don't care if you have a ring light or if you're in studio, if you're outside, if it's horizontal or vertical, it better look like you. Period. The end. It better look like you and it better feel like the energy that you are trying to portray in a space. If you know that the work that you live in and the work that you do is um, not like Saved by the Bell fun like up here, which is also great, then like your headshot needs to reflect that because there are people like me and, and other people who are going through hundreds if not thousands of submissions and we're seeing your headshots and we're in this kind of space where we're trying to figure out who lives in the world of the play or the musical that we're working on, right? And if I'm scrolling through headshots and you live in that world but you don't have an option that ref reflects that, then, um, then I don't know, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna look to you unless I've seen you do a whole lot of work. So my recommendation when you're going in for headshots, right, is to make sure that you know two to three specific things about yourself as an artist and worlds that you live in, worlds that you think like, mm, I live in that space brilliantly. I live in Downton Abbey. I live in 1960s Americana. I live in, you know, Chicago, whatever space, time, whatever. And make sure you have shots that reflect those things so that when you're submitting for worlds that you live in, which is what you should be submitting for, you have something that reflects that. So when the CD is scrolling through submissions, they can see like, oh yeah, she does live in that Downton Abbey space. Click, like, you know what I mean? Um, and so make sure that it looks like you and make sure that it feels like the work that you wanna be doing. Um, it's important. And you're allowed to meet with people and not take shots with them. You're allowed to take meetings and talk with people and make sure that, you know, it feels right to you because so, it is so important when you're getting your headshots to make sure that the person you're going to shoot with, it's not just about them being famous. It's not just about them being like, oh my God, I got my shots with so-and-so and so-and-so, which so many people tend to do. Take your shots with so-and-so and so-and-so if they are awesome to you and you feel like you vibe and you feel like they're going to do the thing that you need them to do. If you don't feel that way, it's not important who you take your headshot with. It's just not. Um, there are some people who have become very famous for it because their product is consistently beautiful and that's great. But like if this famous headshot photographer is not vibing with you, go with someone who is and just make sure the product that you get is what you want. Um, but I, I don't think... I don't think I know anybody who would say, oh yes, well, I'm much more likely to cast them if they have a headshot by so-and-so. It's just not, it's just not real. That's not real. We are like, we want to cast someone who we know who they are through their photos. We know uh, what worlds they want to live in. And it is a true reflection of what they look like right now. Uh, that's what's useful for us. But in terms of thinking like, oh, I have to go be with this person because, um, because that means I'm going to get seen more. It's, it's just, it's not true. 
you should shoot with that person if they are going to make the best product for you and you feel confident with them. And I think that person would say the same thing. They don't want to take pictures of someone who isn't going to vibe with them. They want to take shots that, that look and feel like a client because they want to be able to say, my client that I just took a shot of just booked this Broadway show, <laughs> right? Like that's the goal. We're all serving each other. So that's the number one thing I would say about headshots. Um, and I will say, if you do not look like your headshots right now, you got to get new ones. It is your calling card. It is your portfolio. It is, you know, the headshot and the resume. And if you're a musical theater actor, your book are the things you leave behind um, after your, your interview for the job. Um, and it's important. And you would not be an architect who didn't have a beautiful portfolio to leave behind. You just wouldn't. Because then you wouldn't, the, the people who are making those decisions wouldn't have the thing that they need. So it's, it's vital and it's, it's important that you find someone to work with that you like. So I hope that was helpful. Um, if anyone else has any thoughts about headshots or anything like that, feel free to, to tell me, yell at me, whatever you need to do. If you disagree or if you agree, let me know. Give me a, give me a like, give me a heart. Um, I have another question here. Uh, it says, I wear many hats. Ooh, me too. Everyone's wearing all the hats, honey. Hats are back in season and they are in rotation. Uh, composer, director, choral conductor, actor. Ooh, these are fun hats. Should I have a different creative resume for each one? Um, yes, absolutely. Uh, if you are a director and you're also a composer and a musical director, if you're applying for grants or applying for jobs or applying for different things, you need to tailor whatever you're applying for, make sure your resume reflects that. So, I mean, I think you should have like a base resume that you then tailor for each thing you're applying for. But, um, for sure, you know, if you have an actor resume, that's not something that you would submit if you were trying to get a grant as a composer. Or if you're a director, I don't know why your actor resume and your um, director resume would need to be the same. Now, clearly there will be crossover on all of these things, but my recommendation would be to sit down and create kind of like a base resume uh, and be able just to kind of tweak it. Save that base, though. Slap that base, save that base, um, so that you have something to always go back to. And that's the same with bios. I have this conversation a lot where people are like, oh, I just put this in a show and I need a bio for it. And I feel like what I had before isn't good. And I literally just went through this because I just updated my bio for Playbills. And um, the best thing I've ever done was to create kind of like a base amount of text that then I tweak and, and manipulate based on what I'm working on and what shows and what's important in my life right then. Um, and just have a folder on your computer that's for all of those things that I literally have a folder on my computer called like base stuff. Actually, it's called base shit. Um, and you just open it and all of the things like my resume is in there, my casting resume, my other jobs resume, my bios. All this kind of stuff is just in there. Form emails. Anything that I need to tweak time after time is just saved in there. And I have that saved on my computer. I have it saved on my drive. And I have draft emails of stuff saved in my um, G Suite. So I highly recommend doing that for sure. But absolutely, if you do different things and wear different hats, people are going to ask different things of you. And you better have something to give them that is very much in line with what they need from you. Specificity. We talk about this all the time on Office Hours specificity is the most important thing as an artist that you can have in a time where everyone, like we were talking before, there's no bar for entry. Everyone can make, everyone can create, everyone can share, everyone can consume. You better have some specificity. So if someone's asking you to submit stuff, you better have something specific to give them. Um, and I just think that's very important. 
Uh, we've talked about that a lot. Specificity, specificity, specificity. Um, okay, so I hope that was helpful. Also, you can tell my sister lived in Italy for a long time because she always says, okay, and now I've started saying, okay, and I feel like Aziz Ansari in Master of None where he's, he says, like, okay, and all these, I don't know. Um, oh, God, what is it that he says? Uh, allora. That's what he says. Allora. Uh, my sister says that, too. So pardon my okays. They're just always around. Uh, let's see. Theodore says, oh, I love office hours. Love how you take the mystery out of the industry. Makes the world after graduation a lot less scary. Hey, I'm so glad. Man, that is the goal. Because you know what? It does not have to be that scary. I think a lot of people like to keep it a mystery and like to keep things scary because it makes people feel powerful. And I think the most important thing that makes people feel powerful is knowledge, right? That's how we can all feel powerful and all work together. So um, I wish that that was the truth in every industry, in every political corner of our country, in everything. If we could all just... Uh, you know, share code together, it, it would make our world a better place. I do think that's such an interesting reality about people who build on the internet, this, this notion of sharing code and how when people write code, they share it and it makes everything grow faster and better and people can take code and infuse their own things to keep building. And I feel like lots of other industries don't share code. And uh, it makes me sad because I think we can make better things and have healthier people and healthier artists and healthier futures if we all just fucking shared what we know. Not to say I know everything, but I'm willing to talk about anything and uh, willing to learn and, and hear your opinions and thoughts and, and talk to other people uh, if, if I don't know the answers. So I'm really glad it's helpful to you. I, I hope it continues to be. And, and if, if this is important to you, please feel free to share it with other people so they also can get the education um, and so that I can get the education from them because I learn just as much from you guys as I do from myself myself. I don't know what I learned from myself, but you know what I mean. Um, all right. Does anyone else have questions for me? Let's see. Um, oh no, that was a different, that was a different topic. I was asking people what plays they've seen recently that, um, make them, that have taken the breath out of them and that have, uh, left them wanting more from the cast and from the playwright. So if you have one of those things, I'd love to, I'd love to know that too. Um, looks like I just got a question. So let's see. Um, where does it go? Ah, Victoria. Office hours before my second show of the day. No better way to feel supported, grounded, and seen. Yay! Oh, second show of the day. Go find Neverland for me. Um, get some, get some glitter in, in your tornado for me. Uh, God, I wish I could see you in that show, my love. I bet you're wonderful. Um, let's see. Is there anything else that's popping up here? No. You guys, it's a rainy Sunday, so I'm really hoping that people are eating macaroni and cheese in their PJs watching reruns of The Office, um, because that that seems important right now, uh, instead of watching me. Um, oh, let's see. Haven't seen plays lately. Any recommendations? Um, yes, I have so many recommendations. Uh, well, first and foremost, go to my Facebook page. I put a status up that asked what people have seen recently that they're loving, and it's taking off. They're like... 40 answers right now. So more importantly, go see what other people are liking, what other people are interested in. And that's the best way to kind of expand your horizon. So head over to my page. And uh, if you have seen something, write something in that uh, feed because it's it's pretty great. Um, I think I have some other questions right now that just popped up. Let's see. Um, do, do, do. I don't know where that's coming from today. Do, do, do. Um, 
Sorry, guys. Let's see. Um, a boring technical question. No, questions are boring. Absolutely not. Um, I'm starting a theater company. Hey, yo. With a great group of people, are there any resources that can help us deal with the legal aspect of that? We're broke actors, so we can't afford a lawyer. Yes. Hold on one second. I just got an email about this, so I'm going to pull this up real fast. Um, doo -doo -doo. Sorry, guys. Just doing the search on the phone. Um, oh, my goodness. Come on now. Uh, LLC. Where is it? Oh, my goodness. Here it is. Here we go. So, um, yes. So there is a paralegal service called We the People um, that does a great job with stuff. Um, so I would look for them, especially if you're trying to establish an LLC or if you have any kind of legal questions. Um, they are, have come highly recommended to me. I have not used them yet, so I can't say from personal experience that uh, that they are wonderful. But they were recommended to me by, by a very well-known entertainment lawyer um, and a very well-respected entertainment lawyer. So check them out. Um, we the People Paralegal Service um, feels like something that might be useful to you. Um, also, there are a lot of it, there are a lot of places that might be helpful. If you want to talk to me, um, I can do a little more research and we can figure that out together. If anybody else has thoughts about that though, and you're here and you're watching, please feel free to put stuff in the comments and I'll make sure that they are highlighted for um, things to do. Let's see. Blake says athletes can run drills, etc. But what can the actor do to work out? Oh, Blake, this is a great, great question. I love it. So here's the deal. First and foremost, um, you can also work out. I think one thing that uh, some people some people forget to do clearly is to take care of their bodies. And as you know, artists and creatives, your body is the first thing that you have to stay in touch with and be using and utilizing and sharing. So. Clearly, like, do your drills, go to the gym, or work out at home. There's so many free resources for working out. Uh, you don't have to pay a million dollars to be a part of a gym. Sorry, I have to drink something. Mm. Mm. Oh, sorry, to go back real fast, uh, Volunteer Lawyers for the Arts and the Actors Fund are really great resources. Yes, those are great resources. Hello, of course, the Actors Fund. Where is my brain right now? Um, volunteer Lawyers for the Arts and the Actors Fund are places to help you for people who are starting their um, theater company. So look for them. Thank you so much, Kimberly. You are the best, as always, with the advice. Um, okay, so in terms of other things that actors can do uh, that are like running drills, uh, I think... There are a couple things here. <clears throat> some of these things are business things, and some of these things are skill set things. They are two separate things. Just like an athlete is going to run drills with his team, and then an athlete is going to go home and work on, like, looking through playbooks and that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know how I know anything about sports. I'm not – well, I mean, I played tennis, so okay. Um, but uh, some things you can do. So in terms of business and skills and running drills, uh, make yourself a routine in terms of checking in for auditions, uh, doing things to your website, put things on your calendar about going out. Like even if you don't have something scheduled, make sure you have two nights a week where you know you are going to have dinner with someone, 
connect with someone, go see a show, go do something that helps your career in that way. Creating schedules and creating routines, that becomes a drill for your business. It's really important. Um, you know, my mom, when I was a kid, always told me never eat alone. There was like a big book that came out in, in the late 80s, early 90s, I think that was called Never Eat Alone. And it was like her MO. And I will say it has served me so well as a human and as an artist. This idea of scheduling dinners, um, Every, every week to talk to someone who does something that you don't do to get to know that thing and to get to know that person. Really, really, really important. And I think that's like a drill in this industry, something that you need to do for your business. Um, wake up every morning, do your meditation, drink your coffee, whatever you need, and then sit down, read the Broadway briefing, look at Playbill, look at Broadway.com, Broadway World, all of these things, figure out what's going on in your industry learn and take it all in and make sure you know what's going on. Um, that is a skill and it's something that is wildly important because when you go out and you meet someone and they want to have a conversation about something, you have to be prepared to have that conversation. So I think those are some like business things you can do. And then in terms of your skill set and practicing, it's just like, you know, any, any sport, right? Like you got to assess what it is that you do in this industry and then Practice, practice, practice. If you're a dancer, you need to be taking dance classes every week. There's no reason not to be. Um, if you are a singer, you need to be taking voice lessons. You need to find a voice teacher who's helpful and understands your instrument and can help you with rep. You need to be going to workshops. You need to be doing things that um, are up in your skill set. You need to routinely be going to auditions. And there are always auditions. Even if you're not getting appointments, you have to go to open calls to, to practice the art. And if you can't be seen in an open call, if you're not acting, you're not getting in the room, then you and five friends need to rent a space at Ripley or meet in someone's apartment for free and audition in front of each other. Keep practicing that muscle. I cannot say that enough. Um, the number one thing I think that holds people back in an audition room is just a lack of practice at it. It's a skill. It's a muscle, just like anything else. And if you consistently work at it, it gets easier. It becomes routine. It becomes rote. It becomes not scary. So truly, if, if you find, like, I can't practice this skill, Kate, because no one's letting me in the room. I'm not being seen. I can't do it. Well, I hear you, I see you, I value what you're saying, but you also have a living room or you have a kitchen or you have a teeny tiny bedroom. Invite someone over and just practice auditioning in front of them. And tell people to, to be the different types of CDs, the different types of creative teams. You know, Tell someone to be a dick, tell someone to be awesome. Practice the different energies. You have control over practice. And the excuse of not being seen in the room is not valid because you have friends, you have people who will sit there and watch you practice and you can watch them practice and learn from them. You don't have to wait for someone to host a workshop. You do not have to wait to be seen in the room. You have the control to, to make those kind of skills happen. Um, like just a reminder, you have so much more control in this life and in this industry than you think you do. You just have to put in the work and the effort. Um, and I say that and, and you know, People are like, oh, well, Kate, you don't know. And I'm like, well, I was an actor in this city at one point, and we needed to practice. So my friend and I started this thing where we rented a room at Shetler, and we invited all of our friends, and we paid an accompanist, and we did. We just practiced in front of each other. And that was so useful. And lots of people who showed up for that thing are, uh, are working and are on national tours and are on Broadway and are doing all sorts of great things because we showed up and we put our money where our mouths were and we made opportunities for ourselves to practice even if we weren't getting them all the time. So 
I think that's something you can do that's basically like drills. Um, also, just consistently um, making sure that you're being mindful. Uh, it's very important for artists to be aware, um, have self-awareness, but also be able to like let go of some of the uh, over-analyzing that we do. So my recommendation is also finding some sort of practice for yourself that allows you to become self-aware um, and then also learn how to let it go. Uh, for some people, that's meditation. For some people, that might be prayer. For some people, that might be running. For some people, that might be taking a hot shower. Whatever it is for you, make sure that you do that routinely. Um, it's so important. If you want to be doing eight shows a week where you're dealing with really hard shit on stage, you have to be able to deal with that in your body and in your brain and your heart. Um, so that's definitely a drill you should be working on as well. I hate to say like, do your meditation drills, but like do your meditation drills. It's really important. Um, uh, yeah. So I think that that might be helpful. Um, also basic things, guys, like making sure, you're, making sure, making sure you're taking care of like your hygiene and yourself and, um, you know, that if you feel like you're sick, taking care of your body, things that all athletes would do as well, right? Like you are an athlete, you are a business person, you are a creative, you are all of these things. So you have to think about all aspects of what make those people tick and apply them to your life. So you also need to be like rolling out your muscles, stretching consistently. You need to be thinking about your PR. You need to be thinking about your business. You need to be thinking about your health and wellness. You need to be thinking about your brain. You need to be thinking about uh, communication and building relationships. All of these things are so important. And the best way, like running drills, is to just set up times get in a calendar and make sure you are doing these things consistently. Um, and then they will become, you know, just rote. It'll become a normal part of your existence. Just like if you're on a football team and your practices then become, you know, your drills become the things that you run when you're doing your, when you're playing the sports and you're doing the things. Um, okay. So we're coming up on record. Oh, sorry. Recommended reading industry and non. Ooh, recommended reading. Yes. Um, so uh, let's see. Oh my gosh. First and foremost, like I said, you know, in terms of industry, that stuff changes all the time in terms of news. So finding your news source that's reliable to you, I recommend reading that every day, keeping on top of the business piece of that. Um, Big Magic is a book that I think everybody should read. Um, Twyla Tharp's book, what is that called? A Creative Habit. The Creative Habit is something that I think everybody who's a creative person should read. Um, oh goodness, what is that book? It's not called Nobody Gives a Fuck About You. What is it called? Uh, oh gosh, it's so good. Why can't I think of the name? My brain is totally frozen right now. Um, also, my favorite book about acting, um, and this is not just because I went to the William Esper Studios, but um, forgive me while I'm looking for the exact name. Yes, so um, Bill Esper wrote a book that I think is incredible called The Actor's Art and Craft. Um, even if you're not a Meisner actor, reading this book is something that I think is super, super, super valuable 
for anybody who's trying to live life as an actor in this industry. Um, again, it's called the actor. No, it's called the Actors Art and Craft. Um, you can get it online pretty cheap because it's been around. I, he wrote it in, in 2008, but it's still completely uh, something that I think every actor should read. Uh, I mean, I think Bill is a genius. I think his school is incredible, but really this book is so special. Um, and so that is something that I think people should read for sure. Um, this is a great challenge. I think I'm probably going to write a blog post this week about books that I think people should be reading. Uh, let me know if that's helpful. Give me like a like or, or a thumbs if that's something that you want to see. But I'll put together a list of all sorts of books that I 100% think you should be reading. Um, there are so many books that I just can't even think about. Uh, and I'm just going to put them all together. So I will post the list on this link later this week, and you can find it on my blog at kate-lumpkin.com slash nomarking, which is my blog. Um, and I will share it on all of my social media because that's really important. And I totally have that list, but I am having the ultimate brain fart right now. Um, all right. So let's see. Nobody wants to read your shit. Yes. I think that is exactly... Uh, yeah. Oh, yes, that is exactly what it is. Nobody wants to read your shit. That's exactly what I was thinking. And it is a great book. So it will also be on my book list that I will put out later this week. Um, okay, guys. So it's coming close to the end of office hours. It looks like I don't have any more questions. Um, so if you have a question, type it real fast, uh, and I will try to get to it in the next um couple of minutes. I'm just making sure here that I don't have any more that I might have missed. Um, how can aspiring actors break into the industry, particularly voiceovers? Oh, that is a big loaded question. And I will say we talk about kind of all of that stuff every week on Office Hours. Um, so go back and check. Uh, I have like 27 or some odd videos and all of that stuff is available on my podcast version of this, which you can find at iTunes if you just search for Kate Lumpkin Office Hours. Um, and there's so much information on how to start getting auditions and what you need and, and all that kind of jazz. So check that out if that's something that you're uh, trying to get into. All right, guys, I think I am going to sign off. I don't think I'm getting any more questions, and it's been a really full, rich hour. So I like to do this every time at the end of um, our sessions together. It takes a lot of bravery and a lot of courage to be an artist, and it is hard to be an artist in a time where so many people have the ability to uh, to try this thing. Um, and I just want everyone to remember you are an individual. You have your own point of view. You have your own perspective. And every single one of those is valid and important. And if you have a story to tell, you have the control to be able to make that story come to life without anyone telling you that you have permission to do it. So I'm going to tell you right now that you have permission to do it. Um, not everything is as scary as it seems. Everyone really does want to be your ally. Um, and everyone is here for your stories. So keep fighting the fight. Keep standing up for what you believe in. Keep sharing things on social media. Keep showing up for other people. Keep doing the work. Because the work is the only thing right now that is going to make this world a better place. Keep asking challenging questions and keep forcing us to look inside ourselves and look deep into our own humanity to make sure that we understand the stories that we're telling um, and how we can best communicate with the people around us, which is all art is really trying to do, is to reflect and to get us to communicate, man. So 
I respect you all. I respect the hell out of anyone who shows up and does the work. Uh, thanks for joining me on Office Hours this week. You can always find me on Office Hours on Sundays at 6 o'clock on Facebook. You can find all sorts of information on my business page. Search for Kate Lumpkin. You can also add me as a friend. If you need me for a coaching or if you want me to cast a show that you're working on, reach out to me at kate-lumpkin.com. Um, you can always send me a message on Facebook, and you can always find office hours, any of the videos, you can find them listed on both my business page and my personal page, and you can listen to the podcast on Apple iTunes. Just search for Office Hours with Kate Lumpkin, and it'll pop right up. Be sure to subscribe, like, share with friends, leave a comment. All of your stuff is helpful to me, and it helps me get more free information to people like you. So I hope you have a great week. I will see you next Sunday. If you need me for anything, shoot me a message. I think y'all are the bees knees.